Welcome to the Truth in My Days podcast, where we defend the Word of God against the challenges of men. Hello all. Welcome back to the Truth in My Days apologetics program. Today, we have Dr. Adrian Torse speaking with John Torse. Today, John is looking at when the Gospel books were published. We are continuing from the last episode. We hope you enjoy. I see a bit of a problem here, though. Um, I mean, assuming the eyewitnesses were adults, 67 years later, we'll make them really old. I mean, do they li- do people live that long in those days? Uh, yes. People have this idea that lifespans were much shorter in the days of the Roman Empire than they are now. And they're correct about that if you're looking at the average. But the average is brought down. It's much shorter because so many infants died at a young age and children at a young age, child mortality was was very high compared to today. So was death in childbirth and of course those in the military. But those people who avoided these threats could expect to live about as long as we do today. From the first century BC onwards, 60 or 65 is frequently mentioned as the common threshold of old age in those days. Polycarp, we mentioned him uh, before, Polycarp died as a martyr in the year 155 or 156, and he told his his captors that he'd served Christ for 86 years. Robert K. McIver, in his book Memory, Jesus, and the Synoptic Gospels, estimates that there were potentially 60,000 eyewitnesses of Jesus and 30 years later, 18 to 20,000 of them would still be around. And even after 60 years, he says, uh, anywhere from 600 to 1,100 would still have been around. So even if the liberal skeptics push the dates of the gospel books to as late as possible, as long as they're in the first century, they are still in the time of eyewitnesses. Yes. Nevertheless, as I pointed out, the later they claim the books are, the more people may get the impression that they're not reliable. So they do try to late date the gospel books as much as possible. So what do they now claim are the dates at which the gospel books were published? The dates they now claim as the so-called scholarly consensus is and Mark is the earliest canonical gospel published around the year A.D. 70, and certainly not earlier than 66. Matthew and Luke, they say, were published sometime in the A.D. 80s and John in the 90s. How did they come up with these dates? Well, the answer to that question really exposes how liberal scholarship works. You see, liberal scholars believe that the gospel, according to Mark, was the first one. They're wrong about that, actually. The evidence that Matthew was the first is overwhelming, so much so that even that arch-liberal F.C. Bauer didn't question it. He had Matthew as his first gospel book. But we'll look at this at another time. They believe that Mark was first, and it was published in the year A.D. 70. Ask me why they picked that date. Why did they pick that date? Here's why. Listen to this passage, Mark chapter 13, verses 1 to 2. Then as he went out of the temple, one of his disciples said to him, Teacher, see what manner of stones and what buildings are here. And Jesus answered and said to him, Do you see these great buildings? 
Not one stone shall be left upon another that shall not be thrown down. That's Jesus' prophecy that the temple will be utterly destroyed. It was fulfilled exactly, as I recall, even the unexpected detail that not one stone would be left on another. When was it fulfilled? The year 1870. Indeed. And that makes it supernatural proof for Jesus. He prophesied what would happen, and it came to pass decades later. But remember that liberal scholars rule out the possibility of anything supernatural, so they discount the possibility that Jesus could genuinely have foretold the future. What does that mean? It means this must have been written after the fact. Dr. Gerd Luthemann, in his book, What Jesus Didn't Say, says this, quote, The clear allusion to the destruction of Jerusalem, which occurred some 40 years after Jesus' death, also makes it obvious that Jesus cannot have told this tale. Well, it's only obvious if we believe Jesus could not foretell the future. But that is not a fact. It is not based on science or any objective basis. It is simply their own bias, their own anti-supernatural bias. But since it is their bias, they cannot accept that Jesus foretold the future. And so they say Mark, which includes this prophecy, must have been published after the destruction of the temple in AD 70. And so there you go. Mark couldn't have been published before AD 70. So there is no actual evidence, only that they, based on their assumption, (coughs) they set the date to AD 70. No, no actual evidence. And you're welcome to check out their books to see that. Uh, You will find the dates being asserted. But other than this claim about the prophecy, you really won't find anything else. It's based on presuppositions. I remember one time in our Bible study group, we had a guest uh, over for one of the studies. He was a fellow studying at a liberal Protestant seminary associated with the University of Toronto. And he'd been well-versed in in these claims of liberal scholarship. And we decided that we would have an impromptu, informal debate in that session. And I told him, though, before we started, that he cannot appeal to the prophecy and say that the book had to be after because Jesus couldn't foretell the future. Because I pointed out, this is simply metaphysical bias. It's not fact. And he looked at me like a deer caught in the headlights, and he said, but that's all we've got. And in the end, we didn't end up having the debate because that was really all they had. Uh, Now, I should note, though, they might be willing to go back a little further, a little earlier than AD 70, as long as they can do it without having to accord supernatural knowledge to Jesus. It might go back as far as the year A.D. 66, which is the year that the Jewish revolt against the Romans began. And they would say at that point, a prescient person could see the destruction of Jerusalem coming. What about the other gospel books? Well, they believe, and again wrongly, that Matthew and Luke used Mark as a source. Uh, What they mean essentially is that they copied from Mark. 
well, if they copied from Mark, then they had to come later than Mark. So they put uh, Matthew and Luke into the 80s. Uh, John is last, and they say, oh, it's so theological. He has such a high view of Jesus. He's portraying the deity of Jesus. And they say it had to be very late before such ideas developed. So they pushed John into the 90s, 95 or 96. What about the evangelicals? Do they agree with the dates given by the liberal scholars? Well, the evangelical position on this is decidedly a mixed bag. Some evangelical commentators actually sound no different from liberals. According to one recent commentary, Mark was published in AD 66 to 68 because, get this, the description of the destruction matches what happened in the earlier part of the Jewish war. So that's what the author would have seen at the time. But, says this author, some elements of Jesus' prophecy were actually not fulfilled. So if the author were writing after AD 70, he would not have put those in. How exactly is that different from the liberal position? Uh, I don't actually see a difference. If anything, it seems to me even more extreme. But surely not all evangelical commentators would teach such things. No, of course not. Uh, but their views tend to be problematic, nevertheless. How? For one thing, virtually all of them accept without question that Mark was written first. This is actually a huge problem, and we will discuss it in another program. Now, on the other hand, most of them do believe that Jesus could foretell the future, so they do not accept that Mark had to be published in AD 70 or 66 or later. On the contrary, they argue correctly that Mark records this prophecy of the destruction of the temple, but does not record the fulfillment of the prophecy, which they say would certainly have been recorded if it had happened by the time of writing. So in contradistinction to the liberal position, they would say that AD 70 is the latest possible date for Mark instead of the earliest. And so their dates for Matthew, Mark, and Luke are earlier than what liberal scholars claim. But here's where it gets weird. They do move back from the extreme dates, but not by much. They still date the books decades after the event and for no apparent reason. Really? Yes. Uh, one seminary standard textbook, it's one that I actually used when I was in seminary, it purports to examine the evidence and concludes that Mark was published in the late 50s. Their reason? Well, they say that Luke was published in the year 60, and Mark must already have been there since they claim Luke copied from Mark. So if Luke was published in 60, then Mark must be from the late 50s. Do you see a problem with that? Yes, the obvious one. If Mark was published before AD 60, that could put it any time from AD 33 to AD 59. There's no reason to push it to the late 50s. Exactly. I can't help but think they are influenced by liberal scholarship on this starting with the liberal dates and then moving back from there instead of starting with a fresh look at the evidence. Uh, now they do attempt to justify not putting Mark into the 40s, but it is a dismal failure. 
What do they say? Here it is, quote, so early a date from Mark's gospel makes it hard to explain the silence of Paul and the other New Testament writers about it, and it does not perhaps allow sufficient time for the development of the tradition behind Mark, unquote. So these two reasons. Do you find these uh, unconvincing? Most certainly. The first argument, the supposed silence of Paul and the other New Testament writers, is an argument from silence. And it's worthless unless there's a strong expectation that they should be mentioning it. Thank you, everyone, for listening today. Unfortunately, we have run out of time. But please join us for the next part tomorrow. Same time and same place. If you enjoy our content and think this is important material, the best compliment you can pay is by sharing this with your friends and family. This helps us out a lot. Also, if you enjoyed today's program, please like, comment, share, and subscribe to this podcast. We would love to hear from you. Thank you for listening to the Truth In My Days podcast with John Torse. We would love to hear from you. Please feel free to share any questions or comments you may have. You can reach us on Facebook, Instagram, MeWe, and YouTube. Simply search Truth In My Days as one word. Again, Truth In My Days as one word, no spaces in between. And you can connect with us. You may also visit our website for more comprehensive material and to learn more about our ministry. Our website is truthinmydays.com. Thank you. Thank you.